Hello and welcome to Women in the Coaching Arena podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Jo Lott, a business mentor and ICF accredited coach, and I help coaches to build brilliant businesses. I know that when you prepare to enter the arena, there is fear, self-doubt, comparison, anxiety, uncertainty, shame. You can tend to armor up and protect yourself from vulnerability, In this podcast, I'll be sharing honest, not hype, practical and emotional tools to support you to make the difference that you're here for. Dare greatly, you belong in this arena. Hello, welcome to the 28th episode of Women in the Coaching Arena. I am so glad you are here. Today, I am creating a medley of information using the data from my most popular podcast episodes. So what are the most popular episodes? Trends and predictions in the coaching industry has been downloaded the most. Next up was four steps to tackling imposter syndrome. So if you are feeling any of those feelings, take that as a sign that you are not alone. Reaching financial independence as a coach, how long does it take? 13 ways to get a client today. Why most coaching businesses fail and how you can succeed. And finally, selling to corporates. So today I am pulling together various information to really help you to move forward, taking that data. So thank you so much for listening. And it's just wonderful to really know what you are interested in so I can create that for you. Here are five ways to go from coaching novice to industry leader. First up is the power of authentic storytelling. People love hearing real case studies. My episodes from Natasha and Kate, my two clients, were also very highly rated because I think it's interesting to hear from other coaches and the real story and actually hear them share their experience. So your clients will be looking for the same. One thing I teach in my program is the power of case studies not testimonials. No one really cares about a testimonial that looks like it's been typed by you on a Canva post. What people really care about is hearing the A to B transformation that someone has had on their journey with you. So anything you can do to weave those personal stories and case studies into your marketing will be really, really powerful. One of my clients often does this in her marketing If you can share the real story, and I know your clients might not want their names shared, but my client who does this often really does reap the rewards. Here's an example. Before working with me, Zoe spent a lot of time in her head debating what course of action was best to take and hadn't really crystallized how to go about building her business. This led to frustration, poor use of time and started to impact on her self-esteem and motivation. We worked on Zoe's offer and she successfully sold her group program, which has brought her 20 emerging leaders to coach. We worked on what sales strategies and marketing are perfect fit for her. We covered how to use LinkedIn effectively, how to use Canva, how to create lead magnets and email nurture sequences using MailerLite. So she also gained the back office staff to ensure her systems were effective. By the end of our program, Zoe was really clear that she was selling two businesses rather than individuals. 
She's sold into two organizations in our six months of working together, along with some individual clients. She now knows exactly how to market her business. She has had that mindset shift from her business being about her to her business being all about her ideal client. Alongside her current 20 emerging leaders that she is coaching, she also now has a pipeline of interested organizations who she is nurturing. She's far more likely to gain another contract when her current contract finishes up. Zoe said that despite 15 years marketing and insights experience, this isn't something she could have done on her own. And she has made so much progress in such a short timescale working with me through this program. So there is me modeling how you can showcase your client stories rather than anything about the person saying, you're a really great person and you've got great listening skills and you hold great space because sadly, your paying client doesn't really care about that. They care about the thing that is their top of mind problem. I hope that helped to hear how you can make those testimonials into case studies and make them way more powerful so they actually convert followers into clients. Okay, so step two is mastering money mindset. This was another popular episode alongside the how long is it going to take me to reach financial independence as a coach episode. I definitely struggle with money mindset and it's something I have worked on and consistently work on. I'm not sure you ever get to the place where you can stop doing this work on really acknowledging what a gift it is that I am giving to people I have personally noticed that when I am undercharging, I am kind of resentful or I'm holding back. Whereas when people join my program, it's like they are in my world, they are my family. And then I feel that what they are paying is enough for me to be able to show up as my best self and be able to provide the service that I want to provide. But you want to be able to do the same. What I also noticed from my program, and I am so, so lucky, that nearly all of my clients show up every single week. So the problem with the membership model, which I don't personally like because I am part of, I don't know, four memberships. I can't quite recall. Far too many that I should cancel. But I just don't log in and your clients will be the same. Yeah, you might get that one that prioritizes a low cost membership or a free coaching session, but you will have so much greater success when people have actually got skin in the game. They've actually invested a good amount of money to work with you. So they will show up, they will take action, they will get way better results. So yeah, it's been a journey for me. Whilst there is the odd exception, because I do NHS leadership coaching, which I absolutely love. The employee doesn't have to pay, obviously, but the people I have coached through there have been the most committed, amazing people. So it's not always the case, but when you are trying to do favours for people and reduce the cost, in my experience, it doesn't help either of you. Our third topic today is navigating the coaching industry landscape. In the Trends and Predictions in the Coaching Industry, Episode 3, 
I shared my own research of how many more coaches there are out there in December 2020 when I searched LinkedIn for the word coach there were 1.6 million results a year later December 2021 it had gone up to six and a half million results for the word coach and when I last searched in March 2023, there were 8 million results for the word coach. So in just two short years, it has grown 407% people calling themselves coach. And I realize it is an unregulated industry. So not everyone may be actually coaches, but this is what you are up against if your ideal client is looking for a coach now. This is why we need to up our game niche down and be something to someone versus being just another coach out there who can't differentiate yourself from the marketplace. Nearly everyone joins my program without a niche or some people might think they have a niche, but it's not my idea of a niche. And I have seen the greatest success with those who are brave and courageous enough to niche. And often it is a journey Zoe, for example, who I mentioned earlier, went from working with agencies to working with insight agencies. So you can micro niche. And then before you know it, if you are an insight agency, there is no one else you would want to work with because Zoe specializes in insight agencies. So if they are comparing Zoe to another coach who is just a general leadership coach, they're going to think, oh, Zoe obviously gets our industry because she specializes in our type of organization. And it has paid off for her. As I mentioned earlier, she has gained those corporate clients. And the best thing is now she has insight agencies on her books, many other relationships with insight agencies building. She will become known in that industry and soon start to get referred for work without having to pitch for it as such. So yeah, it's super exciting because I think the hardest part is obviously gaining your first few contracts and then you can become a bit more known and you will start to attract that work. Now, our fourth point is overcoming common coaching challenges. The episodes that prompted this point was episode 23, why most coaching businesses fail and how you can succeed and episode six, four steps to tackling imposter syndrome. So on this one, I think it's about courage, which is one of my top values. It does take courage to choose a niche, to create an offer, to decide to be something to someone rather than nothing to no one, to take a stand, to share your views. And that really is what it takes to build a business. If you are being vanilla, sadly, you won't be able to attract people's attention. And I know that feels really hard. It's not a natural thing for me either. But all we can do is really tune in to what you have got to say and how you can help and what you would love to hear from people. I just saw a post online right now on LinkedIn are sharing, you know, their highlights of the week and their lowlights of the week. So that's interesting because you're like, oh, no, they lost a contract this week. Oh, gosh, poor them. Because usually you only ever see the highlights. So anything you can do to really stand out, do something different, have an opinion will really, really help you. But then comes the imposter syndrome, which often stops this because then you may think, who am I to do this work? 
who am I to have this opinion? Because there's people out there with PhDs in this subject. I looked up this stat once, which is something like 82% of the world's data has been created in the last two years. So whilst we may think of an expert as someone who has studied this field for 20 years, things are changing and everything is so much faster paced. You can become an expert in 12 months if you go all in, share your research, share your learnings, share the things you're reading, keep talking about your particular topic and you really will position yourself in your industry if you are brave enough to choose an industry. So know that your skills and experience have positioned you to do this work. I don't have a marketing degree, but what I do have is real life experience of learning this on the job and marketing my coaching business. I have worked with marketing experts who are unable to help because they don't understand what coaching is and how you need to sell it. And that is my unique strength from doing this myself in executive coaching, career coaching, business coaching, and now helping 65 plus coaches in a paid capacity to do this, plus many people on my podcast and trainings and discovery calls. So I have gained that experience and I have positioned myself as the expert because I'm sharing my learnings, whether they are from a study of thousands of people over thousands of years, or whether they are my real life experience from last week and the client I helped and how I saw what we did impact her business. So I don't know about you, but I would much rather real life experience than textbook experience. So know you have everything within you right now to offer to people and everyone feels just like you with the imposter syndrome. That is my greatest learning of becoming a coach is that we all feel it. So we might as well just get over it and start being ourselves and showing up as our authentic version of us. My fifth point was the future of coaching. What's next? From my experience, what I am noticing is micro-niching. And I know niching is hard enough, let alone micro-niching. But as I've alluded to in this episode, that is where I have seen my clients gain the greatest level of success. I also think there's a way more blended approach to coaching that people really want. Because what I've been hearing from my clients is people are coming to me because I have their experience. And then I'm doing this pure coaching thing where I'm not sharing anything with them. And I'm starting to feel like they are getting a bit frustrated and saying, I chose you because you're from my industry. You know the challenges I'm facing. And I'm just like feeling a bit frustrated that I'm not getting more. So I do think, sadly, because that is not what we learn in coach training, I appreciate. I am an ICF accredited coach and I do know the rules. But sadly, if this is what the market wants and this is what your ideal client want, you might want to play around and find a way to deliver what they want to move forward. I know I have a business coach who takes a really coachy approach and I must admit it does drive me nuts because I think I have kind of come to you because you've grown your team, you've done all the things I want to do. I just want you to sort of send me your spreadsheet of like, what do you delegate to your team and how do you do this? And often she takes a more coachy approach. So yes, well, sometimes that's great. And I do have another coach who is more of a kind of pure coach. But I think depending on what you're going to that person for, you may need to really think, why are they coming to me? Is it because I have industry experience and insights that I could share with them? And if so, how am I going to work this out with that client? 
So let's summarize today's episode. First, we talked about the power of authentic storytelling, how you can weave those case studies into everything you do. Next up, we talked about money mindset and how people paying for coaching is actually a good thing for them as well as for you. Next, we talked about navigating the coaching industry landscape. We talked about trends and predictions in the coaching industry, how the amount of coaches has increased dramatically. And so how you have this huge opportunity to stand out, make a difference, be something to someone. Next, we talked about overcoming common coaching challenges, like being courageous enough to niche and courageous enough to share your message, overcoming that imposter syndrome, knowing that everyone feels like that and you just need to be yourself and really, really go for it. Finally, we talked about the future of coaching, what's next, and I shared that what I'm seeing is that trend of people wanting more than pure coaching. And so to be innovative in your approach, figure out ways that you can navigate this challenge. So thank you so much for joining today. This episode combined the elements from your most favorite podcast episodes. If this episode was helpful, do drop me a line on LinkedIn as Joanna Lott. I would love to hear from you or leave me a review and I will personally thank you for that. Like I say, at the end of every episode, trust yourself, believe in yourself and be the wise gardener who keeps on watering the seed. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Women in the Coaching Arena. I have a mass of free resources on my website, joannalotcoaching.com. That's Joanna with an A and Lot with two Ts, joannalotcoaching.com. And I'll also put links in the show notes below. Let me know if you found this episode useful, share it with a friend and leave me a review and I will personally thank you for that. Remember to trust yourself, believe in yourself and be the wise gardener who keeps on watering the seed. Get into the arena, dare greatly 